0: Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's Podcast. Put down, Tiki Barber! Intercepted, taken away by Rondé Barber, Barber and Barber will and all way! Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars, Tiki Barber. Tiki with a career-high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception, and that's Rondé Barber's end of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk
1: production of greenrollmedia.com the world's premier sports betting podcast network rooted in fabulous las vegas nevada
0: intercepted ron day barber to the pylon touchdown tiki barber
1: and presented by the world famous superbook sports visit superbook.com to get in the action with better odds favorable prices and an expansive betting menu now live in nevada colorado and new jersey sign up today at superbook.com
0: superbook.com NFL kickoff is almost here.
1: Hey, let's dominate today.
0: The Barber twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Rondé. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron
1: Crook. Week number five in the NFL is here, and we are starting to see the contenders Emerge from the pretenders. Welcome to Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. Ron Cruck, joined as always by the New York Giants, all time leading rusher Tiki Barber, and the Super Bowl champ with the Tampa Bay Bucks, Ronde Barber. Guys, great to see you both. All right, here we are. Only the Philadelphia Eagles kept their spotless record intact, and we have seven three and one records. Parody is alive and well. Tiki, recap week number four for us in the NFL. And really, what caught your eye? The only thing that matters the
2: Giants win again. I knew it. Everybody knew said it. we're going to suck. Three and one, baby. Three and one.
1: And the uh. NFL's leading rushing uh, squad, right? Thank you.
2: Thank yeah. you. If I anybody would have listened to me, that uh, is on WFAN locally, 10 to 2 in New York, I said the strength of the Giants, if there is one, it's going to be the offensive line run blocking. They suck pass blocking, and Saquon Barkley, and they've crushed it.
1: Unbelievable! All right, Rondae, are you going with your Bucks? What caught your eye in Week Number Four? <laughs> did you watch that game? I'm not going
3: with the Bucks. Wow, that was discouraging performance. Although the offense did show up. That Tiki's point though, the supposed weakest division in the NFC has three three and one teams. <laughs> yes. The I don't know anything East. about anything anymore, other than <laughs> I did call the Philadelphia Eagles. But Ron, to your point, parity reigns. Fifteen, two and two teams, eight in the AFC, seven in the NFC. This is uh, it's going to be a great uh, second quarter of the season in the NFL.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Four weeks down, the dogs continue to have their day. Although the favorites kept it close last week, seven favorites covered in week four. Eight underdogs came in, one push, and that was according to Superbook Odds. And finally, guys, the betting public overall did better than the guys behind the counter. Executive director of Superbook at Westgate, John Murray, said, quote, this was our worst Sunday of the season to date, end quote. The big game was the Chiefs beating the Bucs outright despite being a two-point underdog. But you know Murray, Jay Cornegay, the guys behind the counter, they're going to come back firing in week number five. And that's exactly what we're going to do on betting with the Barbers as well. Let's get to it, fellas. Thursday night special. Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. Just when you thought you could put that San Francisco-Denver snooze fest behind you, (laughs) guess what? Once again, Thursday night football could have the cure for insomnia. I mean, unless... You like offenses that look like they're straight out of the 1930s. The two and two Broncos welcome in the Colts, who are one, two, and one. Colts, the lowest scoring team in the NFL, averaging 14 points per game. The Broncos come in at number 30 out of 32, averaging a miserable 16 and a half points per game. Guys, what's crazy to me is both these teams. Started the season with high expectations and really similar stories. They both traded for veteran quarterbacks, hoping their offenses would turn around, possibly making a run to the Super Bowl. That is not happening right now and making matters worse. Broncos lost running back Javante Williams for the year. Jonathan Taylor is banged up for the Colts and has been ruled out for this week. So, guys, who's in a worse situation and can either team turn it around? Bet the under,
2: <laughs> whatever it is,
1: 28. Yeah.
2: Bet it under, it's, it's going under. Um, yeah, right well, the next, next game, What's
3: us talk the next game. Just bet the under, yeah. let's
2: go to the next. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> running back situation, we is all agree, daunting for both of these teams. While the Indianapolis Colts do have Naheem Hines, he's been more of a receiving option for the indianapolis colts in fact when michael pittman was out and alec pierce a rookie wide receiver was out and naheem hines was kind of their leading wide receiver but him toting the rock 20 plus times isn't going to cure the ills of the colts and for the broncos they have the melvin gordon issue um yes the they cannot do. hold on to the rock he's got four fumbles two of them lost and you know i, I actually did a hit with the denver local radio station today on behalf of superbook, I rep superbook. Um, Mechanically, he's off. And now that he's, he's had this issue in four fumbles and 41 touches this <laughs> season, it's in his head. And once it gets in your head, the only way to fix it is to f- smash it emotionally uh, out of your head and fix it mechanically. And I don't know if there's time to do that. This could be an interesting, daunting, weird game because there's no trust in either one of these teams running backs, mm-hmm. even though they came into the season – having ultimate faith in both of their running backs.
3: That's a great point. I was looking around my office for a football so I could do the high and tight, but I can't <laughs> find
1: it. <laughs> How do you not have a football on the, just I a the Hardy trophy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I got, it's
3: all right? yeah. Jonathan Taylor was the reason that Carson Wentz was palpable at all last year. And so you go get Matt Ryan to, to fix this <laughs> offense. And I think we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, but look last year, Carson had 32 sacks. Matt Ryan always had, already has 15 right now. So we could talk a lot about Matt Ryan. Brutal. The reality is they're playing bad on the offensive line. And that's reflective in Jonathan Taylor's numbers as well. Now, are, are they competent? Eh, yeah. Are they capable of winning every game? I don't know. But if you look at what... Alec Pierce has done in the past two games. He was out with concussion in week two. The past two games, the rookie receivers starting to look like somebody that can be reliable for Matt Ryan. And that's all he really needs is somebody to throw the football to other than Michael Pittman Jr. because teams just take him away and there's really nobody else to go to. I think their second and third leading receivers are tight ends and the running back. So it's been that kind of struggle. And, you know, their coach this week said, no, Jonathan Taylor, if we have to pass the ball more, we will. I don't know if that's a good thing for indie fans or a bad thing for indie fans. But the reality is, if you're asking about the yo-yo up and down version of the Denver Broncos, I think you're going to continue to get that. I think the coach is still figuring it out. I think he doesn't have the savior and quarterback and uh, Russell Wilson right now. And so without a run game, I don't know who you trust on, on that team. It's going to have to be their defense. And I don't know that they're really going to be able to step up on Thursday night with some injuries on their, on their side of the ball.
2: The other thing that you have to face with this Denver Broncos team is Nathaniel Hackett, as a rookie head coach, has a discipline problem. They have 37 penalties, which is number one in football. Eight of those are false starts, which is also – Number one in football. And Russell Wilson Brutal. thought he was
1: getting a better situation. He's still running for his life. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's starting to run a little bit more than he has been. But, yeah, it's been brutal, especially those penalties. Let's get to the numbers. Superbook opening odds for the Thursday night game. Denver came in at minus three. The over under 43 and a half, guys. Current odds with Taylor being out is now Denver. They are a minus three and a half favorite. The total is now 42.5, line. Denver minus 70, Indy plus 150. Let's get to the picks, guys. Starting with you, Tiki, who do you like?
2: I think Denver has a better opportunity of figuring it out. Whatever figuring out is, I think they have a, a better opportunity to figure it out, especially on offense. Whereas Indy, as Rondy was alluding to, Matt Pryor on the left side, tackle Braden Smith on the right side, they have been very, very iffy protecting an immobile quarterback. Uh, and without Jonathan Taylor, I don't think they have a chance to figure it out this week. So give me Denver uh, laying three and a half at home. I am All going right. the opposite of you for almost the exact same reason coaching
3: <laughs> 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 coaching guy has been there before versus a guy who's doing it for the very first time now now Nathaniel Hackett's offense now it's very intricate and complicated he's he's worked with some really good quarterbacks over his tenure I think they're still in the we're going to figure this out phase I don't it, be honest with you I don't know if that happens this year if there's a team that's going to m- more quickly figure out their issues on offense, I think it's Frank Wright and the Indianapolis Colts. And Mm. trust me, their offense is starting to hit their stride. Matt Ryan, very quietly, is fourth in the NFL in passing yards. You're like, how's he doing that? But the reality is, he is doing that. So I think they find a way to cover this, actually. I think they win by at least six points here.
1: Wow. Big, bold statement after you two went uh, the same way on every game last week. We come Uh, out firing. I like it. For me. I just can't wait to see the wing T and wedge formations in action, <laughs> maybe a forward pass thrown in there, but uh, the offense is I mean, I think the Denver offense has been so vanilla. This is the week that Hackett tries to open it up, but, Bottom line, it is defense is going to be the key in this one. The Colts O-line is a disaster. We put the numbers in. It's hard to throw the ball, Rondé, when you're on your butt. So 15 sacks of Matt Ryan, thrown five picks. He is, uh, you know, give him some credit for the numbers, but four fumbles in four games. I went back and forth with this one. Don't love that it went up to three and a half, but I'm going to take uh, my Broncos to cover the three and a half. No surprise. But thanks for being with me. Hey, and we all agree we're going under, right? Okay, we can all agree on that. As we move into week number five of the NFL season, Superbook is still offering up a $1,000 bonus when you sign up, make a deposit, and make a wager. Get to Superbook.com. Sign up today. Make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. Game number two, we focus in on the Battle of the Birds, guys, matching up a top five offense, top five scoring defense when the only unbeaten team remaining, the Philadelphia Eagles, take on... The schizophrenic Arizona Cardinals, uh, Arizona two and two, been on a roller coaster of a season so far. Stat of the week: I pulled up. They have lost seven consecutive home games, and they're zero wow. seven in that time against the spread. Meanwhile, Fly Eagles fly. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, and that high flying offense rank number two in the NFC in scoring, averaging twenty eight points per game, racking up around four hundred yards in offense in each. Can the Cardinal defense slow them down? Ronnie, coming to you, the Cards, I mean, what a tough team to read. Horrible loss to start the season. Epic comeback in the next season. Bad loss to the Rams. And then last week, they stormed back in the second half to beat Carolina. Who are the Arizona Cardinals?
3: You know what? I was researching this question before we got on air, and I walked away saying I honestly don't know who they are. <laughs> they lost. To the, okay, lost, moving on. No. <laughs> they've lost to the two good teams they played, KC and the Rams, right? And they've lost to the two bad teams. Um, uh, and they beat the two bad teams, uh, Las Vegas and in uh, Carolina. Now, you said schizophrenic. I'll say helter skelter. Like I, it doesn't look pretty. It's almost random when they start coming back in games because they have the quarterback to do that. It looks. Uncommon. It's hard to even describe what they're really trying to do. But they have talented players. That's the thing that's that makes them somewhat hard to judge. They're kind of fun to watch. You just don't expect them to be consistent. And they started off slow every single game. Their defense actually stepped up last week, terrorized Baker Mayfield, like the, rest of the entire uh, <laughs> rest of the league has this year. Uh, but I can't define them, to be honest with you. I don't know that this style of offense, the way that they're playing right now, Allows them to win many games. I think it's going to be a tough one, uh, obviously, against the best team in football right now.
2: Well, you know why? You know why they're they're difficult because they start so slow. You know, usually these scripted first 15, it's like I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to execute it perfectly Mm -hmm. because we practice this specifically for the last three days before a game. Instead, they're like, all right, we're going to go three and out. All right, we're going to be off script. And the only thing that saves them is that they have these explosive offense and defensive second halves. I mean, they had two sacks and two interceptions in the second half against Carolina, led in part by Zach Allen, who is a really good player who nobody knows about right now, getting after the quarterback from the, from the defensive end, Ed's position. But to me, this is about Philly. This is can they stay perfect uh, and challenge the 72 Dolphins? Oh, <laughs> they're the only team oh, left. Oh, you're making all those old uh, players nervous already. You know they're a top five scoring offense, they're a top 10 scoring defense. Like they do yeah. everything well on both sides of the ball. And when you have a young quarterback who's starting to feel it, and Jalen Hurts, you give them A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith is obviously there. It's, it's a Dallas Goddard, who was Zach uh, Ertz's valet for those years when he was in Philadelphia. <laughs> There's so many weapons around this young offense. And so I like Philly because they feel consistent from offense, defense, special teams. And you know what their identity is. Whereas the with Arizona Cardinals, you're scratching your head quarter to quarter, much less game to game.
1: Yeah. And supporting your stats there, Tiki, they have been outscored 66 to 16 in the first half this season. That is absolutely insane. Maybe they got things going uh, with that second half last week. We will see Superbook. Opening odds have the Eagles as a minus five and a half point favorite, the over under sitting at 50 points. Current odds as of this recording, line has a move, still five and a half, but the over under has gone down to 49. Eagles on the money line, minus 230. Cards plus 195. Let's get to the picks. Ronde, Europe. are
3: up. So uh, they have injuries on both sides of the ball, but I think they'll be fine in that regard. And to answer Tiki's question about who will beat them, there's only three teams on their schedule that even have a chance. That's Dallas twice and green Bay. Mm -hmm. So handle those three games. They might actually be exactly where you (laughs) say. this team, you talk about Cardinals getting outscored 63 to 16. How about the Philadelphia Eagles have the most points in the second quarter in football by a long shot Uh, with the third rate defense in the league. I think they cover this very easily. I think that Helter Skelter, Arizona Cardinals team is just going to stay helter skelter. They're not going to beat a good team. in Philly.
2: Yeah, laying five and a half, I have to agree. Even though it's on the road, the Philadelphia Eagles are not the type of team that's going to be susceptible to the comeback, right? The Arizona Cardinals, maybe that's what we call them. They're the comeback kids, uh, but only every other weekend. So uh, <laughs> like, I think Philly laying five and a half is the smart bet, and it's maybe probably the easy one.
1: Both the guys go with Eagles. I am not going to deviate from that. We're all in agreement with this one. Uh, If the Cardinals start slow against that Eagles offense, that is not a good thing. The Eagles, as Rondé said, leading the NFL in sacks in turnovers too. I think it's going to be a tough road trip for them, but at this point, I'm not going against them. I'll take the Eagles to cover on the road.
3: Can we call that, when we agree, Wonder Twins activating?
1: <laughs> well, how do I fit in? <laughs> One do triplets? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> much better. I feel much better. Thank you for including me. <laughs> hey guys, we finally saw some points scored in a Sunday night football game last week. Kansas City and Tampa, sorry, Ronde, exploded for 72 points. That trend may continue this week. Our third game, the two and two Cincinnati Bengals, look to make it three wins in a row. They traveled to Baltimore to take on the two and two Ravens. Key AFC North matchup. Let's look back at last season. Joe Burrow lit up the Ravens D in two games through for 416 yards in one, 525 in the other. That's not a good sign for a Baltimore secondary that through four weeks are surrendering an NFL most 315 yards per game through the air. The other storyline coming into this one is, is the epic collapses. The Ravens have suffered this season and how they've squandered away games against Miami and last week against Buffalo. Can they put those brutal losses behind them? But also, can the Bengals keep winning? With a formula of throwing about 100 times a game, I mean, guys, at some point, don't they need Mixon to step up and create some balance? Yeah, they definitely do. And I like Joe Mixon.
2: And currently he's leading the NFL in carries like so they're committed to running the rock. They're unfortunately averaging 2.7 yards per carry. And so it's not been very effective. So they have to throw the ball. And as a result, though, they have three wide receivers who each have two touchdowns and all of them have over 200 yards. So they're effective, you know, pushing the ball down the field. And Joe Burrow is in his glory being that type of. Player, But eventually, a good defense, and by the way, it's not going to be this week, is going to take that away. (laughs) So they can be effective this week. I see this game as who can score the most. And it's going to be a little bit harder for Baltimore because Rashad Bateman has a little bit of an ankle injury. Before last week, he was averaging an absurd 28 yards per reception. It came down last week to 22 yards per reception, but it's still an absurd 22 yards per reception on the season. Um, it's all about scoring for the Ravens. For the Cincinnati Bengals, they have some balance. They have some edges that can get after you on the defensive side. Baltimore's defense is highly compromised. Wink Martindale got fired last year. It didn't improve a thing by changing their coordinator and their system. It just, it feels like if they don't outscore you, they're not winning, period.
3: You know what Cincinnati has done? They've weathered a pretty bad start. And I I give them credit for that because they have a pass-first mentality anyways, very similar to where Zach Taylor came from in L.A. It's pass, pass, pass. We'll run because maybe we feel like it. But he's actually changed that mentality and tried to run the football. The reality is... He's not a good run game coach. He's not. He's, his mentality is to get the ball out to his three great receivers, and, he, and it should be that way. Now, Joe Burrow, early in the year, was very concerning. Just, I mean, that first game, four, five turnovers, right? He's had zero interceptions and six TDs in, the, in subsequent three weeks. That's wow. the Joe Burrow I expect to see uh, for the remainder of the season. Now, the, the, will the running game hurt, help them? Yes, but the fact that they're not having success with it right now, it doesn't really concern me. Because the reality is that when this team needs to to throw the ball to win, they can throw the ball to win. They did that entirely last year. And do I trust their offensive line? No, but I do trust their quarterback. He's starting to get the ball out a little bit quicker. Now, the real question, and Tiki asked me this earlier, Where's the, the, the mortal combat gene
1: greatest <laughs> question ever, right? That's the greatest. How question? do you finish him? How,
3: How do you finish you him? Finish? Yeah. There's a couple of reasons why I can't buy into Baltimore right now. And one is probably a little bit of hubris on their head coach's uh, standpoint, just somewhat. He's overconfident in the talent of his best player, Lamar Jackson. So he continues to put mm-hmm. himself in position or situations where he expects Lamar to win games for him. At some point, that stopped working. It worked early last year, and then it kind of stopped working. It really hasn't worked since then. Um, now, they, they continue to give up long drives and four out of five scoring drives last week to Buffalo. is ridiculous, especially with the 17-point lead. Uh, and same thing happened in Miami when they were up by three touchdowns. So if you can't blame the offense. It's their defense. And until they get that right, this team is going to be right there. But we'll see.
1: All right, well, let's talk about the numbers opening odds. Baltimore came in as a minus three and a half favorite, over under at 47. Current odds have gone down to Baltimore, a field goal favorite, and the over under up to 48 and a half. So they're expecting some scoring in this one. So am I. money line, the Baltimore Ravens a minus 165. Cincinnati plus 145. Traditionally, the Ravens are hard to beat in prime time, but as uh, Rondé said, Bengals seem to be turning it on at the right time. Let's get our picks. Tiki, you're up. Who are you going with, Baltimore or Cincinnati? I'm going to take Cincinnati getting three points. We're talking
2: T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase. Rookie of the year. Remember that dude? He's still a baller. I know some of his targets are getting taken away, but I want to take them over a banged up Bateman and Lamar Jackson. As Rondé said, eventually teams, and we saw this last year, started to figure out how to hem him in, Lamar Jackson, especially without big targets other than Mark Andrews available right. to him. I think Cincinnati has a clear advantage, especially if they're getting three points at home. Home dog? Let me take him.
3: Yeah. You know what, dude? I love big time AFC North football. Uh, for some reason, there seems like there's more strife in this division than any of, the, any of the others. I don't know why that is. It just is that way. Maybe because they all play in miserable conditions. Since he is nowhere near as complete a the team they were last year, but they're more complete than Baltimore is right now. Especially, I mean, did you see the tensions on the sideline at the end of the game last week because oh, he didn't yeah. really well take the points? Those type of things start to spill over, whether they say, oh, we're best friends. I love them to death. The reality is it happened. I like the way Burroughs is sending three points. I think Cincinnati is three points better than Baltimore right now. They'll cover and uh, I think see a big win coming for Cincy. They're they're on a roll, dude. Let them go.
1: Yeah. Let uh, Joe Burrow cook. He might throw for 700 in this one. And uh, let's hope so. He's my fancy football quarterback. <laughs> Although, as I say every week, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Cincinnati, guys. We all agree the Bengals on this one uh, should be a good, uh, great uh, action in that one. All right. Superbook's still offering some awesome sign up bonuses and promotions. Visit superbook.com, download the app, get in on the college football and NFL action. And of course, if you're in Vegas or Colorado, come hang with us. Come up to the Lodge Casino in. Colorado or at the Superbook at the Westgate in Vegas and check out some action. Big day on the program. I know you're both extremely excited as we introduce a new segment called WTB. What the bet? I will read (laughs) the guys three different unique wagering stats from this year so far. And TK and Rondé, you will call it either true or true or false simple rules right easy got easy. it let's see her. All, right. Terrible. all right well easy here we go here's topic number one all right home favorites are covering over 50 percent of the time who's believing that stat is true
2: not i no that's false Definitely fall. All, all you talked about for the first three weeks of the show, four weeks a... of the show, is
0: dogs. underdog, underdog <laughs> the, dog, the dogs. The dogs. They talk about the somebody dogs.
1: Somebody listened. Somebody <laughs> listened. Oh, I'm so proud, man. Thank you. You are exactly right. Home dogs are only covering 43% of this year. I mean, so much for home field advantage. Uh, and several road dogs are actually winning outright as well. We listen to you, buddy. Thank You're you, proud of somebody. You. <laughs> Somebody does. I know our producer, Rig, doesn't, but that's all right. All right. We're moving on the to topic, too. Here we go. There's only one team at this point, guys, in the season that is and 4-0 against the spread. That is a true statement. The team is the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Is that true or false? Ooh, I'm going to say false. I think it's the Miami Dolphins. Rondé? It's
3: not Philly. It is... Oh, man, is it? Oh, my God, it's Cincy.
1: Actually, guys, the Eagles are three and one Mm -hmm. against the spread. It's the surprising Atlanta Falcons are the only team that I know Boom (laughs) against the spread. Maybe surprisingly, they're two and two overall.
3: That is a big surprise. Although, if you watch Tiki did one of their games, they run the crap out of the ball, and they, they run really it pretty well. well. So <laughs> I get that. they're oh, scoring a bunch of points somehow. I, I,
0: whatever.
1: I don't know either. With Patterson now, we'll see how that continues, if that trend uh, starts to trend down. All right. Topic number three, under the point total is coming in more than the over. Come on. I say it every week. This is a slam dunk. Is it true or false that the under the point total is coming in more than the over?
2: I'm going to say true. Under the point total. I'm going to say a lot of offenses have been bad. They've
3: been really bad. But there's been some explosive one too. Detroit Lions. Anybody I'm going to say I'm going to say this is I'm going to say this is false.
1: Oh, man. Maybe you don't listen to a word I say. Actually, it is true. Tiki gets the W there. The under guys hitting just under 60%. Although the over made a slight comeback last week and hitting most of the games, actually half the games, but the under is coming in under 60%. So that one is true. I mean, uh, Nice work, though. Nice work. I threw some. I threw you some curveballs, nice. and you guys uh, at least got a couple of singles and maybe a double. I, I should
3: have guessed that it was Detroit. Now that I think about it, that covered. Mm-hmm. I think they're three and one against because uh, they had one bad one. But good, good game. Good game.
1: Give me a minute. Detroit <laughs> three and one. Wow, you are money. I love it. Well done. All right, guys, that's going to do it for another edition of Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. Final word before we kick off the offensive shootout on Thursday night football between Denver and Indy.
2: Hmm. Be up early on Sunday morning, nine thirty. Away game for the Giants, Green Bay Packers. Don't be shocked. Don't be
1: shocked. Wow, there <laughs> it is. I they got no, to get that game in.
3: I got no quarterback. They got no receivers. <laughs> Talked about what exactly? <laughs> game of the week, Tiki, is the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams—they need to find a way to throw the ball to somebody other than Cooper Cup. Do you <laughs> know nineteen targets last week. That's and unbelievable. The tight end had fourteen. He threw the ball forty-eight times, and thirty-three times to two people. So I don't know. I think Dallas defense is going to be. That's the game I'm watching for this week. Can't wait.
1: That's going to be a great game, and Tiki, all of the fantasy football owners out there appreciate the early reminder as the early kickoff gets underway. Awesome job, as always. Appreciate it, guys. We're going to wrap it up. Everyone, enjoy the week number five action in the NFL. For my partners, Tiki and Rondé Barber, I'm Ron Cruck. We'll talk to you next week.
0: You've been locked into the betting with a
1: Barber's podcast.
0: Hey. Tiki Barber intercepted, Rondé Barber. Presented by Superbook Sports, featuring former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki and Rondé Barber, and featuring Ron Kruk. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today, and never miss out on the Barber Twins' weekly betting advice. Tiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Rondé Barber broke up the play. Rondé Barber breaks it up.